You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. In this episode, we are getting back to Pinpoint, our great event here in Malmö that gathered almost 1,000 participants for two days. And during these days, uh, we have a number of Talk live sessions. And now it's time for the talk with Joachim Schultz from Aptus, where we're going to talk about how good product information benefits automated merchandising. So um, here we go. Welcome again to another episode of PIM Talk. PIM Talk is the only PIM podcast in the world. And we are doing this every second week. So on Tuesday, 4 p.m. Central European time, there will be a new episode always where you can listen to different topics relating to PIM. Uh, everything from how you work with PIM and print, how you work with marketplaces, how you work with MDM, best practices, customer examples, whatever. So um, also, if you have ideas or ideas of topics or guests, please reach out to me or if, if you want to be on the show. Uh, there are opportunities for that as well. So in today's episode, I'm very happy to have Joachim from Aptus with me. So welcome, Joachim. Thanks a lot. Really good to be here. Yeah, thank you. And today we're going to talk about the role of good product information when you want to implement automated um, merchandising on your website. So, um, and this is an interesting relationship, I think, in between product information and behavioral data. So, yeah. could you just start to introduce yourself a little bit and, and the company? What do, what do you do at Aptus? Yeah, so my name is Joachim Schultz. I'm the VP of Sales at uh, Aptus Technologies. Um, so we provide a highly automated search and merchandising solution um, for specifically for retailers. So we think we work with 16 of the 30 largest retailers in Sweden, um, including H&M and IKEA and CD-ON. And then we're now spreading our wings um, in the UK and DAC as well. Okay. Uh, what we try to do is to create a very relevant experience for the user by showing the right products at the right time. Um, and by doing that, also increasing the revenue for the retailer. Um, so our, our goals are kind of twofold in creating a good experience for the visitor and a really good business for the retailer. Okay. So I guess it's uh, what we all know when we go to an e-commerce site, 
the ones that bought this also bought that, and you get some yeah, smart yeah, suggestions, yeah, right? So yeah. that is uh, the space that you are working within, right? What we try to do is to take a holistic view of the okay. site. So we're not trying to push one little recommendation panel and maximize the value of that. Oh, okay. What we try to do is to create a good, good shop overall. So we work with search, we work with a merchandising, navigation, Recommendations is, is one part of it, but it's also only one part. Okay. And then we also work with content and different ads and how we can use them in the, in the best way to drive the experience for the visitor. Yeah. So, I mean, you work a lot with algorithms and machine learning, a lot of that. But what roles does product information versus user behavior on the websites, what is most important or how does they weigh in in what you do? I would say it's a beautiful symbiosis between yeah. the product data and the behavioral data. So uh, our intelligence and what we focus on is, is to utilize both the product data and the behavioral data in the best way to create this visitor experience. Okay. So just as important it is to get the right behavioral data, just as important it is to make sure that you have really good, rich, structured, complete um, product data that is updated uh, frequently. Yeah, because that's what I want to get into, because I guess a lot of you standing here, you have your PIM solution, or maybe you're thinking of buying a PIM solution, and uh, you have some information there, but if you want to use uh, a solution like yours and do yeah. the, all the smart things that you can do, what are your requirements? What do you need from the product data in order to be successful? And, and what is usually missing when you're coming in and doing a project? Yeah, so being recently, reasonably new to the e-commerce space, I'm, I'm quite surprised about the kind of challenges that we've seen in implementations to get this like, rich and complete uh, product data. I, I thought it would be easier to get that from... from yeah, um, you think they have the product data perfectly in order because this is the large company and they have all the glossy commercials and all of that. Based on my previous experience, yeah. slightly different industries, coming into this space, I really thought that, that it was just a switch, uh, yeah. just to get all the, the product data out. That doesn't seem to be the case. Obviously, it's much easier and much better data if you have a proper PIM and you've configured it properly. Um, if you start having to bring data in from ERPs and CMS or CRM systems, it becomes more, more cumbersome, more burdensome. Um, but it still surprises me that, that there are such gaps in the product data. Um, yeah. And it, it could be like basic information, but it could also be like then slightly, slightly richer information. Yeah. What we basically do is we work with what we have. Yeah. Um, so we try to get as much as possible and try to help our clients uh, in producing the right kind of data. Yeah. Um, but then our algorithms basically work with what they have. Yeah, you get what they have when it comes to product information, you try to do the best and you try to learn for the customer behavior. Talking about machine learning, as you say, it seems like if you have your data better structured and you have fine-tuned it and all of that, you can get better results, right? What does a recommendation look like uh, how do you build it and how do I meet it as a customer on the website? How we build it? Well, it depends on what the client wants to do. So you can configure these in different ways. But yeah. it could be for cross-sell or upsell opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there are like different algorithms in yeah. automated but fashion. Do you need attributes or do you need categorization or do you look at actually the text descriptions and try to figure out how, how they match? Or? We basically look at all the product data that we have. And what we, what we do well is that we, the algorithms kind of look for the correlations between the different attributes. And, and try to find correlations that generates good recommendations. Um, so if you look at books, for instance, we have a very good example where we have the name of the author okay. um, yeah. is a very strong correlation. So if I'm interested in a book by Ken Follett, 
there's a strong likelihood that I'm interested in another book written by Ken Follett. Yeah. Um, it's not always that that is one attribute you can go with, um, but we've seen that that is an important attribute for, for books. Okay. Um, and it could be obviously others as well. But what we try to do is to find the right context for the different attrib product attributes, yeah. but also then uh, factor in the behavioral data. Yeah. And I guess you can work inside of InRiver setting up completeness rules so you can see, is these products ready for doing a good job in the merchandising solution? Uh, yes, but that's also kind of a bridge that we're looking more at yeah. on how to do that. Um, because up till now, it's kind of been the, the PIM providing the, the data to the yeah. front end. But we see lots of opportunities in also sending data the other way and, and use the insights that we get from how users interact with products and use that within the PIM. So is what you do, is it easier and harder to do for different industries? Is, can you see different difference there? Absolutely. I mean, I used the example with books yeah. uh, for recommendations because it's a very strong, uh, strong correlation um, in, in the name of the author. Uh, it's, it's slightly more complicated if you look at fashion, for instance. You don't have that one attribute. Depending on what you're trying to do, if you're trying to do cross-sell or upsell, there are different attributes that are of of different value. Yeah. Um, and here I think we can use other kinds of services. You know, when, when you sell um, a sweater, for instance, uh, you want to have the trend colors. There are, there are uh, th 30 different ways of describing the green color, but uh, you just want to know if it's green, right? <laughs> Maybe, or? Well, it, it depends. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at a lot is, is how can we, how can we uh, like help to automate the product data so yeah. it becomes even richer? so that we can use all the nuances of green, that makes absolutely no sense to me because I'm colorblind. Yeah. Uh, I know I can hardly separate red from, red from green. That's kind of yeah. the level I am. Okay. Uh, but we see increasingly that, that uh, visitors, they start talking about colors in different ways, especially on fashion sites. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talk with Joachim Schultz from Aptus around how good product information can benefit automated merchandising. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So um, we're talking a little bit about building these bridges, about what's happening in the behavioral engine and, and, and your logic and what's happening in the PIM. Yeah. So could you share a little bit about the thoughts you have around that, what, what we actually could tie together in order to? Well, I mean, we see, and not just through the Aptos solution, but with increasingly um, merchandising being automated and benefiting from advancements in machine learning and other AI techniques, 
um, we see that the kind of long tail of products, that there is a growing opportunity there. Um, yeah. You still have your top sellers, but there is often very high competition for the, the top selling products. Okay. And, and machine learning techniques are very good at, at kind of like giving every product a chance. So it's not like you push the same product all the time no. and it becomes a good product because you keep pushing it. So uh, with machine learning techniques, you can make sure that, that each product gets kind of the exposure they deserve at that certain time. Um, but in order to benefit from that long tail experience or the long tail products, you obviously need to work with them as well. Yeah. So where we see great opportunities is by, by providing the kind of insights that we get in yeah. real time from the visitors um, looking at the site or in the app or wherever they are, um, by providing that information back yeah. to the PIM, uh, we hope that it will be easier to identify the products that you need to work with. Yeah, as uh, an example, what would the uh, insights that we can get? You might, ha you might have uh, products that generates a lot of interest. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people go in and they click on them, they look at them in the list, they decide to click on them, which is an indication that they might be interested. If you then see that the conversion rate is very low, very few people actually buy it, even if you get a lot of people onto it, then that could be one indicator that maybe we should look at this. If we include a video here, or if we enrich, if we explain more about this product, yeah. maybe we can increase the conversion rate there. So that we highlight these, these products where we see that there's a potential here to sell more of these products because they seem to generate some interest. Yeah. And what, what can you do with the product data in uh, order to increase the conversion. Maybe you even can do A and B testing, comparing what you have done with another time period where you didn't do it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, kind yeah. of analysis. And that's another thing that we see, that you could have then the trend analysis. Um, if you can then find similar products and kind of enrich the, the, the data that you have for them um, and, and try to push them uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, so the trend analysis and bringing that back into the PIM, we see a great opportunities for them. Absolutely. What can go wrong? I mean, do you have any funny examples where, I mean, the solution tried to recommend you something that uh, totally, or, or are you waterproof? No, I wouldn't say we're waterproof. A lot of things can go wrong. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we've had to, uh, one of our largest clients is uh, CD-ON. Yeah. Um, they started selling CDs and DVDs and uh, Sometimes DVDs more for a um, grown-up audience, if you like. Um, okay, say no more. Uh, so, and it's not always ideal. No. If you start pushing those recommendations, someone in the family has shown great interest in those kind of products. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, to solve that, we've kind of had to include some, some manual filters to say that certain products should only be displayed on the kind of relevant category pages. Yeah. Um, and if you actually search for them. Um, yeah. So we heard uh, earlier today about the Twitter AI bot that started to, uh, you know, tweet uh, feminists going to hell and, uh, and all of that. So it's, you can't just turn the AI or the machine learning loose. It's also, you have to be able to go in and uh, be able to do some restrictions and set the guidelines of what you want to do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, algorithms are really clever in many ways, um, but in some ways they're also very stupid. Yeah. And they're all often very politically correct. So uh, you sometimes need to put a little bit of, of, of barriers around them. Could you share something more about um, customer case or so that you find have been really successful, where they have benefited a lot uh, of, of your service? Well, obviously all our clients have yeah, benefited Of course, greatly. but uh, anything particular? Uh, no, I think, I think we're still at 
kind of a, at a crossroad where you have the debate of whether you want to do things manually or if you want to do things through algorithms. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's very often uh, when you start working with a, with a new client that they don't fully trust the algorithms. So quite often we have to set up um, A-B tests. Um, yeah. We, for a cosmetics company in Scandinavia, um, they had different recommendation panels. Okay. They run one recommendation panel that was manually curated and one that was then based on the uh, up to C-Sales algorithms. Okay. They were meant to run that A-B test for a month. Um, yeah. But after 36 hours, they turned off the A-B test because okay. they realized they were losing a lot of revenue doing the, the kind of like the manual merchandise yeah, and they realized how much money they lost on that. So yeah. they, they went fully automated. Yeah, because you have both options. And also in the PIM, you know, you work with your relations, you can set up your upsell, your cross-sell relations. And I think we see in many customers that they work with both, push certain products for, for certain reasons. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they yeah. have, I mean, now we're also talk, talking about the future of PIM and that we might have more of curators or so that are, you know, showing a product experience uh, I mean, we have fashion uh, as a typical example where you want to, you know, present different looks and give inspiration and so on. Absolutely, yeah. So then you will have that kind of recommendations and curation as well. And, and my personal belief is that we will go more into a, to a world where you have one section of the site yeah. that is inspirational, yeah. that is building the brand, and then you have one that is more transactional mm. part of the site. And I think the, the kind of AI technology works a lot better for the... Uh, for the transactional part of the site. And yeah. you may still want to have uh, people who do a lot of the creative work. Yeah, uh, and I think one thing also, if you have a service like yours and you can do all of this automatic work, you don't need to do that manually. Then you can put some effort in where it really matters to, to give this inspiration and curation and all that. Because I think every one of you that works a lot with upsales or cross-sales or you have to recommend alternative products or spare parts or what it may be, it's, it's a lot of effort uh, to handle all of that data. So if you can get help with with that stuff. Absolutely. Then you can go creative and that's what we all yeah, want to do. Yeah. You take the heavy lifting out and put that to the algorithms and then you can free up resources to focus on the more creative stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I listened to um, a large Swedish furniture uh, retailer. Okay. With Global yeah, Reach. we have some of those. Yeah. Um, but not many with Global Reach. No? Um, okay, yeah. But they were talking about, at a conference in, in the UK, they were talking about um, the resistance they met when they were trying to automate some of the merchandising tasks. Okay. Um, and they received a lot of pushback from, from the manual merchandisers. Um, but what they saw is that when the, when the visual merchandisers realized that they could, they could spend their resources on the more creative tasks and they didn't yeah. have to sit there and rank and pin and create rules uh, for what product to be shown where, then they kind of bought into the, the technology. Yeah. Um, so they freed up lots of resources and increased both the basket size and the conversion rate. So. Yeah, fantastic. What do you see in the future besides doing amazing things uh, in between solutions like yours and, and uh, in River Product Marketing Cloud, of course, but do you yeah. see other things in the future uh, that you can do with automated merchandising and e-commerce and other kind of commerce? I think it's a very exciting space to be in right now because there's so much happening with all sorts of, of new uh, technology. Um, yeah. I mean, visual search and not least voice search is very exciting. Okay. And I think voice search will create uh, completely new opportunities. Okay, so uh, how does voice search tie into what, what you're doing? Because voice search is a different way to interact with, um, with, a, with a site. Yeah. Um, what, 
so we've started looking at this now and to see how, how we can use this in the best way. And, and obviously, you can still already use with your smartphone, many of our sites, you can yeah. use, um, use your voice to search between. But what we see is that the search strings, they become much longer. Yeah. Um, and so it sets more different requirements on the product data to also be able to answer up to this. Okay. So what could be complete data or seen as complete data now might not be that uh, in like six months or 12 months. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah. And we talked about voice search in the previous uh, session of PIM Talk. And all of these PIM Talks that we have uh, today and tomorrow is going to be podcast episodes. So you can listen to them over and over and over again, all right? So, and we're going to have a session tomorrow. We're going to be somewhere here. We're going to have not the silent PIM talk tomorrow. We're going to have with loudspeakers and uh, rock band. No, but uh, we, we're going to make some noise at least. So uh, I want to thank you, Joachim, for being on the show. Thank Glad you to have much. you here. Pleasure. And I want to encourage you, tell your friends, enemies, colleagues about PIM talk. Every second week, a new topic. And please reach out to me. Uh, if you want to give feedback or if you have suggestions for the show. So thank you for listening. We're going to go into the main stage. Uh, we have a lot of nice things going on there and grab some coffee on the way. So thank you for listening. Some news here from InRiver. We just released uh, our report turning browsers into buyers for the US as well. Uh, we will be present in quite a lot of events from now to come. Uh, we will be at Magento Imagine on May 13th through 15th in Las Vegas. Um, VFM, världens farligaste möte, the most dangerous meeting, will be in Gothenburg on May 21. And there will also be PIM Talk live sessions on that event. Um, we have IRCE, the largest uh, e-commerce retail um, Fair in the world will be in Chicago June 25th to 28th. We have academy trainings, both business consultant and developer certifications will be in Malmö, Sweden May 7th through 8th. Uh, we will have it in Amsterdam May 22nd to 23rd and in Chicago June 12th until 13th. Uh, we will also have IPMC user training that will be in Chicago May 16th to 17th, August 14th and 15th, and November 13th, 14th. Uh, we'll be in Malmö on June 12th and November 13th. We'll be in Düsseldorf uh, in October 9th and Amsterdam October 24th. We'd also like to encourage you to go into the service center where you can find a lot of articles you can participate in the community and the user forums and subscribe to a lot of the things that is happening with new updates and so of ipmc and there is a lot of things that will be released now before the summer thank you for listening for feedback tips and questions you can email us at pimtalk at nriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at twitter Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers and live streams, you can follow Pim Talk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. I want to hear now. Let's talk about Pim.